Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Got Adam Lanier back in the heezy. What up, boy? Hey, how's it going? Glad to have you back in, man. Yeah, glad to be here. We were just talking about uh, before the last time I had you on was with Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really cool, man. It was cool to like get you guys in and then... I think that was right around the same time or after we'd like done some of the poster series up here at Tower. Yeah, that was a minute ago. Yeah. So it's fun, man. But they haven't, and now it's kind of a bummer because it's like, man, I want you guys to start doing movies again. <laughs> I'll start watching some damn animu. Uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come out here. Of course. Um, and I've uh, known you for a little while now and uh, met you through Avery mm-hmm. and uh, your bandmate in Beach Language. Yep. So that's cool, man. Um, it was really exciting to get to know you. And then through that relationship is actually how we got our intro song. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Desert Youth. Yeah, yeah. Another beach language track, y'all. So whether or not you knew it, um, I don't think we mentioned I think it's like in the show notes sometimes. <laughs> I need to have like a little slug where I put it in every time. Yeah. Intro provided by beach language. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whether or not you know it, every time you listen to an episode, the very beginning. It's the beautiful sounds of beach language. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks again for uh, agreeing to come out, man. Like, it was cool having you in with uh, with Brett, like, kind of like a, the first time I've really done one of, like, those dual episodes. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was fun to have, like, that kind of dynamic. But at the same time, it was like, well, I really want to have him in, uh, have him back in and give you guys your own time to sure. kind of talk about things that maybe stuck out to you or things that you're passionate about um, that maybe we didn't have all that much time just from like that, having like three people on at the same time to kind of talk about. So um, I guess I'll have Brad back in, whatever. I thought he did a solo episode. (laughs) No, he did. It was with you and him. Uh, Brian did his own. Yeah. Brian did his own episode. And then uh, I had him on with you. And then I've had him on a couple panels. I think I had you on a couple panels too. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, I think that was it. But yeah, I don't think he's been on his own episode quite okay, yet. Gotcha. But chill, bro. Chill. I finally had you in. <laughs> I was mistaken. I thought Give me I a thought. break. <laughs> I was mistook. But yeah, I mean, I mean, last time I had you in, we kind of talked about um, you know kind of your intro into how you first got into mm-hmm. art and really found your passion for illustration and stuff like that. But as far as like animation goes, do you really remember like something that stuck out to you early on that was you know, uh, whether it's an anime or whatever, like sure. something that stuck out to you that really got you into the genre at all like that? Sure, yeah. So, like, as any kid does, like, I love cartoons, right? <clears throat> um, and then later in school, love to draw them. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know, so you had all your big like early '90s, you know, hits. You got your Ninja Turtles. Loved the Ninja Turtles. Um, probably around. I had talked about a little bit about this the last time we were on here, but um, as far as anime goes, uh, you know, probably early on, way younger than I should have ever seen. I saw Akira, and um, you know that sort of opened a lot of doors, but. Um, as far as the idea of like, oh, so not every cartoon is, you know, G.I. Joe or Ninja Turtles or, right. Right, you know, yeah. like, it's like, oh, there's this this sort of long form version of it. So I actually, more than anything else, as far as like strictly anime speaking, um, when I was young, uh, it was all about movies because if I went to Blockbuster or something, you know, I wasn't going to start something or jump in the middle of something that I didn't really, you know, know if I was ever going to finish or if it was ever going to all be here. Um, so there's definitely a lot of like weird bottom barrel kind of, you know, cartoons I'm watching between the ages of like 12 to 15, you know, like, um, <clears throat> I think Armitage three was like one of the, you know, Jesus. it's like this weird, like cyberpunk <laughs> anime that I have like no relation to, but it's like, ah, oh, it's cool. You know, there's just, like some robots and stuff. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I feel like I have no idea how I got introduced to this. And I, I mentioned this a while back at one of our screenings. Um, I don't think I mentioned this at all last time we were on the episode. I know I dropped like Neon Genesis and stuff, like all, all the big stuff that most people are familiar with around my age that are that that, that watched a lot or read a lot of you know manga or anime. Um, but Pat Labor is a series that over and over I've felt I found that I've been the person like introducing that to people because I think as far as like mecha stuff a lot of people, it just got skipped by. I think it's, I think it's got a pretty sizable like following still in Japan. And they like, I've seen like, you know, here's a parade and they've got like a big giant, like, you know, Pat Labor robot, but I don't think it made nearly the splash that like Gundam did, right? Cause you had like Tsunami, you got Gundam wing. You're like, you got all this stuff that's really bringing, uh, what is a huge Japanese franchise to the States with Gundam. Um, but like little rinky dink Pat Labor never made it anywhere. Right. And Cause like on the surface. <laughs> didn't have that Gundam budget. Yeah. Well it didn't. And like, <laughs> and like Brett and I actually recently were, were making our way through the three movies. <clears throat> I cannot recommend the third one at all, <laughs> at all. And what's funny is like the third one is, is a prequel. So Brett's like, we got to watch it first. Cause timeline wise it happens in the beginning. And it was the worst way to like start off. I'm sorry. It happens in between movies one and two. Oh, okay. So, so we like, watched one. That's right? so strange for them to yeah, do it, it that way, though. Real silly. So we watched one. Pretty solid. I think Brett's comment was, uh, well, there's not a lot of robots in this giant robot movie. Because <laughs> it's, it's not. Where's the It's robots? not a giant robot movie, right? <laughs> it's a police, like, detective po- procedural movie, which is why I really like it. <laughs> But it's I like think, a long episode of SVU. Kinda, yeah. Like <laughs> it's a detective show, right? And they just happen to have these giant robots that they use every now and then. Like it's pretty subtle, um, but I love it. <laughs> like I love it for that. That it sort of subverts that expectation of like, oh, of course it's an anime. Oh, of course, it's like wall to wall robots. Yeah. So fights. the 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 police use giant robots, right? So it's going to be giant robots everywhere. It's not at all. Um, same director as um, Ghost in the Shell. Oh. So it's uh, 
just the way that Ghost in the Shell has these I sort see. of like long snoozy moments in it. This does too. Like that's his style. That's not a Ghost in the Shell thing. That's this dude. Um, and it's in, you know, both of the movies he directed of the Pat Labor series. Uh, but, okay, so like franchise-wise, there's three movies and there's like these, there's a series. There's like an OVA series. And I was set against watching this series because all I've ever heard was that it's nothing like the movies. It's real goofy. Um, it's your classic sort of trope anime television show, right? To where it's full of the same typical like kind of anime jokes and everything. And it's, it is that, but honestly, like being about five episodes in, it's not that long. Like I got to say, it's actually pretty fun. Damn. Like, okay. All right. So like, it's probably not great. It's probably not anybody's pinnacle of a show, <laughs> but like, I got a real soft spot for this whole, like, you know, franchise from, you know, the 88, 87, 86, say to 89, somewhere in there is kind of like where the first movie was made and uh show was probably on around the same time. And it's, I feel like it's a little sleeper, but like, I'm into it. Damn. I'm into it. Do you find it tonally is different as far as like from the episodic? thing versus the movies oh absolutely different okay yeah and what's weird about the movies is like i had no problem of course when you're a kid you like roll with a lot of stuff you're like yeah yeah "Yeah, just go with this (laughs) um for instance like those who uh who who watched only dragon ball z right and then you realize oh there's this thing called dragon ball there's like tons of manga of dragon ball where goku's like a kid right and like bolt was a kid like this is a this is a whole thing. This is like deep sort of backstory there. It's kind of like that. So it's like Pat Labor One. I'm cool. I'm watching the movie. I get to know these characters and they're fun. You know, oh, this is like you, you know you get to learn like oh this is this character's foibles and whatever. <clears throat> it's not super character driven, so you kind of got to dig for those. But you realize as if you were familiar with this, and you know if you were like in Japan when these things came out chronologically, you would know who these characters are in the movie. So, like, them getting on screen in the movie, the movie doesn't do a job of, like, telling you who these oh, characters right. are. You just sort of learn it through their interaction. It's, like, understood. It's understood. If you because watch they the exist, series. Right? Yeah. Um, so, it's kind of neat. The show is, to me, is neat for that reason. Jumping in movie first to be like, oh, here's where we everybody meets this character for the first time. Like, it's that kind of thing that it's the, it's the origin story for this unit, right? It's like a police section um, that you don't get with the movies. They're a, they're a, they're a already formed group. Um, so that's, that's cool. But uh, I st- I'm real reticent to be like, everyone needs to watch this because <laughs> people are just going to be like, wow, this is shitty. Like, <laughs> wow, I'll never listen to this fucking guy yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Buyer beware, man. Buyer, Buyer beware. beware. Well, no, this I mean, is it, what you get when yeah. you got like I've got seven anime <laughs> options in yeah. 1998 blockbuster. Jesus Christ! Well, they um, I don't know. I think there is definitely something to be said about like some of the movies now. Maybe like anime movies. Like uh, me and some buddies went and watched the uh, the My Hero um, mm-hmm. anime movie yep. when it came out at uh, at Harkins or whatever. And they definitely did, like, that super, like, hand-holdy thing of, like, oh, and this is uh, Deku, and this is what he does. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen this show. Like, what do you mean? Like the, right, but you got The thing think, of, like, like, the hand-hold thing yeah. of, like, we want people to be knowing what's going on yeah, in this. Yeah, they're not completely underwater. I kind of like those yeah. ones where it's, like, it doesn't 
it doesn't baby you. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, you need to know your shit because we're jumping right into the story right. and you need to know who these people are already. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to do this whole exposition thing yeah. to tell you, like, bring you up to speed of who these people are. Yep. So I kind of like that, but because, like, it makes you feel, like, more invested, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But that's crazy. I think you sent me a, I think maybe you sent me something about that. I think I sent you some gifts or something. And I was I like, that's pretty were, cool. And yeah, you're like, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> I was like, well, like, I thought it was. I just like, I have like to a fault. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Like I find like the silver lining and everything. And so I think you sent it to me, if I remember right, with like the group chat, me and Brett or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, send it to me without like any context. And I was like, that's pretty tight. And you're like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I thought it was kind of cool. It's, 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 (laughs) I unashamedly love it. And also understand that like a lot of people probably won't. Not because I think, like, I see some sort of, like, magic in it that other people can't or whatever. It honestly is just, it is kind of boring in parts. Like, even I, you know, who really do like it, like, like man, we could, we could, we could move this pace along. Move God. along yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Got hentai to watch. Hurry up. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> and it does that thing, and it, it's been a minute since I've probably seen some new, like, anime movies, like actual full-length films, outside of like Satoshi Kon and stuff, who's kind of breed of his own, right? Like, Bruh. Right. It's like I'm not doing these sort of like tropish anime things, but like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pacing thing. It's, a, it's just something that I feel is pretty typical of, of – I guess, Eastern cin- cinema, you can say. That's very different. It's not for, like, a Western audience, right? Um, primarily. Uh, so it has this sort of, like, we're really comfortable with just having two characters on screen that are sort of tough, talking about, like, this philosophical idea. Or not a lot's happening. It's really cheap to animate. And, like, I don't know. It's just easy <laughs> to get bored. It's easy to write this scene off. Because we see stuff like even getting blown might, up every yeah, scene. Even though this might be the crux of the whole movie, it's just kind of like, I would have maybe put a little bit more drama in this. <laughs> Where's the robots? Right. Yeah. I probably would have reacted the Two same way Brett robots. did. Yeah. Like, where are the robots? Because they're fun. Right. right? You got to put the well, robots Well, you get in used there. to that too. And you mentioned Gundam Wing, and that's like the entry point for most yeah, people. I mean, I've told you, I'm like, the self-professed basic bitch fan of anime. And I got into mechs because I was like, oh shit, this is pretty cool. Like this Gundam show, which even in Japan, it's not even like, I'm not even the target target audience for that. Yeah. In Japan, it's marketed to to young women Mm -hmm. because it's all like attractive boys. Oh yeah, yeah, wing. But it's just funny. Like, yeah, wing. Because that was like the entry point for a lot of people. I and didn't even know that there was like this storied universe. Yeah. And Wing was like Same. kind of crappy spinoff. Yeah. Like, everyone like know? shits on Wing. And then when you watch like other stuff, you're that's like, all I knew. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, maybe Wing isn't that good. Yeah. Maybe you guys are right. And Hero <laughs> Yui being, being super melodramatic and when everything. We did the, the Wing movie showcase here. Yeah. All I could think was, man, if you weren't up to date on the series. Right. This movie makes no sense at all. <laughs> and I had just like marathoned Gundam wing before, like leading up to the movie. Like, but like seriously, like the weekend before, like I was cramming episodes. So I could be like, yeah, know what I was talking about, but it's just funny, man. And just like the melodrama of it is just like over the top. Too, which we it's talked intense. about the, yeah. I do the, love the Leo as a bad guy. So like I get, I get, uh, 
I get this sort of absorption of Gundam through Brett, right? Who is much more knowledgeable about the, I don't even know what like the original timeline is. I can't remember. Um, he's described this to me a few, few times. I'm going to put him down with this. Right? <laughs> he's like, how can't you get it? Right. But it's the, the, the Amaro and the Char, like the, these sort of like, or Char, I think I, I can't remember. Um, he's screaming at you right now. I know. Listening to this. I know. I'm letting him down. Um, uh, it's this, which they've recently, I think it might be Netflix, which I think has these like three, like hour and a half long sort of movie long, like episode oh, yeah. thing. It might be a, that are, a, a Hulu. Could be, yeah. I think they partner with Funimation or something. Okay. And they are the sort of like, here's the primer to learn everything about like the original Gundam, right? It's like the original 70s anime brought to like modern you know, animation and everything, right. right? Like it's, it's an easy way for people to get back into what's a pretty old story for a lot of people, um, which I do need to sit down and watch just so I can know what Brett's talking about yeah. most of the time. <laughs> it's just like, like the 40 year anniversary this year too, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, which we've, we've got a little fun thing coming up in the robot house store. Oh so, shit. Yeah. 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 Can't, gotta keep mom about it. I'll keep an eye uh, out though. Yeah. It's free, free to robot house dot store. It's going to be something cool. Um, but yeah, so that, um, that sort of storied universe, but like one thing I loved about wing is like, Oh, like we have these like special, like super Gundams and I can get into that. And like the Leo is like this really identifiable, like bad guy suit, which I love because everything I knew about like the old Gundam stuff was like, man, like these like Zaku Gundam things, they, they look real crappy. They're so boring. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this a little like shoulder spikes. Give and a like shit the, about yeah. this thing. I like the RX units, like the actual, like those are Earth tight. Federation for it. Those are great looking, but like, man, do you have like a boring enemy? <laughs> like, but you get cool shit like unicorn, uh, yeah. tall geese. Yeah. My favorite was always heavy arms from, mm-hmm. uh, from wing. Yeah. Um, but I love that, you know, kind of talk about when we did that screening, um, the cool part was, from the beginning, talking about doing that poster when we were talking about it, it was like, dude, we're not doing Wing Zero for this shit. Like, it can't be the freaking Angel Wings Gundam. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I was super stoked that because it collabed with Mike Anderson yeah. on that. And uh, he ended up doing the Death Scythe, which yeah. I think is one of the coolest fucking super cool. Gundams. Like, yeah, great language for that. Time. Of course, like always, it. it's Mike and illustration. So I know. It's crazy, dude. You guys are ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, man, I love that whole collab. I loved getting to kind of talk to you guys about that. I knew Brett was such a fan because he's always mm-hmm. uh, been into, like, building them and everything. Yep. And so um, that was really fun, man. That was one that was just, like, I- I'm with you on that. Like, I really had, no, like, no idea and that there was, like, this this extended universe, essentially, of, like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, I've, I know, like, a but, fraction and, of the but story. Like, but, like, Wing is the extended universe. Right? Or, yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't know that there's more, Yeah, though. that like, there's I thought the it was core like, universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's just funny because you think that your perception is, like, oh, every, like, the whole series must be like this. Yeah. It's definitely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely the outlier. People are pretty quick to shit on it. But, I mean, it still has that... Uh, I don't know, man. It, it had to have hooked a lot of kids. It did. Like it definitely did. I mean, it was the gateway one, and it was mm-hmm. one that was like, I think it was like one of those things of like, um, have you heard of like the idea of like performative disinterest? No. Um, it's something my friend Luke told me about. I think he met Luke before, yeah. but he uh, he talks about like uh, he was telling me about it because I see it happen a lot. Is that people are like they don't like something, 
But man, they really got to tell you they don't like oh, it. Oh, sure. And so sure. I think there's a little bit of that going on with Wing because yeah. people are like, I guess like you would say like the quote unquote purists are like, oh, well, you know, it's not really like the core storyline. Like, blah, blah, blah. And sure, I'm like, sure. fuck, man. Can you just like people like shit? Like let people like shit? And so the, some of that, I think it's guilty of some of that. But I think there's definitely still the through line, like watching it back, especially like I remember watching it when I was a kid and thinking, like, oh, these shiny robots are awesome. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. absolutely. But, like, this, it's, like, super political undertone and, like, the struggle between yeah, the— Yeah, it just goes right over your head. Yeah, like, you're the kind of like, Oscorp and, like, chick, the— This chick, like, is sad about stuff yeah. and, like, <laughs> her family is doing stuff. Like, I was just like, get to the robot fights, man. I, I'm like, saying, <laughs> and that's what I was thinking when I was a kid, too. But watching it back now and, like, really getting into the story, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is actually a pretty decent story. Good. Like— like when I was watching yeah. it uh, before we screened uh, Endless Waltz, uh-huh. I was like, there's actually a pretty great story here. And then Trace yeah. Cruz is a really compelling yep. uh, character. Um, uh, Zex Marquise, mm-hmm. like kind of that dual role he has yeah. as Miliardo, Peacecraft. Like there's just like some depth to it that you don't really expect or really remember if you don't like, if you just don't. Yeah, if you remember just offhand, have the kid memory yeah, 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 absolutely. Like the de facto, like oh, I remember this because yep. when I was a kid, this was cool, so it must be cool now. Like, sure. <laughs> but watching it back and then seeing that still parts of it even still hold held up, and like mm-hmm. in ways I wasn't expecting, was really exciting. Good. And yeah. So, so yeah, I have not revisited outside of like when we screen the movie. I like yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for which walls. yeah. I mean, it was kind of just <laughs> like. All right, this is kind of fun because it's like bringing back a lot of like some wings. <laughs> exactly. Memories. Which I mean, it was funny, like at the end, I think when we were doing the little discussion, it was like, oh, our favorite uh, comedy of the year, uh, Endless Waltz. Because like <laughs> all the inadvertent laughs, like mm-hmm. was just too funny, just like yeah. the melodrama. Of it I'm sure like, a lot of stuff got weird, like weirded up in translation too. <laughs> you know, all, that, and it's like a, it's kind of a truncated edit, right? Of like, it's like four episodes or something. Yeah, it's like a, like a three episodes something that they cut together. Okay, yeah. yeah. From what I was, from what I remember, I was sure. like, but they did a pretty good job, and it was like a, it was like the theatrical cut too. Mm-hmm. So like, when we were before we were screening it, I was like to Stephen about trying to find it to program it, and I was like, please make sure you don't get the two and a half hour version. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like it's freaking crazy long. But uh, yeah, I ended up getting it. Was like the it's literally like a theatrical version. It says like on the box. I okay, think. cool. But I was just like, <laughs> God, I hope he doesn't get this super long movie. People are like, fuck, <laughs> buckle in. I know, man. That's so funny. Well, that was really cool, man. And like, I you know I've talked to you guys, and when I met you guys, it was like cool finding out that you guys were fans of anime for sure. And um, I don't know, man. Like you're talking about like projects you got going on now and even stuff you've done with the tower like i think it's really interesting and i don't know if it's like something you really expected to be able to do something that you like you enjoy for as like a job so that's pretty interesting i don't know if you have anything to speak on to that because that's pretty tight man like just being able to kind of incorporate that into your day job is like really fun yeah no it's it's uh it's an absolute blast and and i'm really fortunate to be able to do that i remember being a kid and uh my dad works construction, and so summers I would, um, you know, go out into the job site with him. You know, and sweep up and you know, take nails out of boards and so you know stuff that you can trust like a twelve Some year old to do bullshit work, or, yeah. or not do right. <laughs> so it's like if he doesn't do it, it's not that big a deal. But you know, uh, and there was a I remember talking to a guy on the job site who was like a college kid. So I was you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, 
and um, he was probably halfway through college and he was kind of like, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? You know? And I was like, well, you know, I like, I like art and I like, you know, I like video games. I think I want to go to, I want to think I want to learn how to make video games. And he was like, what you need to do is be a graphic designer. And he's like, you know, because clearly he had no idea what a graphic designer did. I was right? like graphic designer. Yeah. Right. Because like, <laughs> you got to remember like, not a lot of, still a lot of, not a lot of people don't know what a graphic design, like, I don't think my mom knows what I do for a living, right? Um, like, Definitely. what I really do, like, yeah. what, like, what the day-to-day is really like, you know, uh, or the types, or what we kind of do on, for clients and stuff like that, but, uh, but, um, so yeah, so he was totally wrong, you know, it's like, oh, you want to make video <laughs> games, you want to get on the art side of things, be a graphic designer, it's like, okay. Uh, so that kind of stuck in my head and like, I always took art classes and stuff and, and middle school and high school and got out of, um, got out of high school and it was time to go to college and I was like, well, Hey, I could do a bunch of art. I could still take a bunch of like art classes and this is sort of like more of a commercially viable art degree. Right. Um, so I was like, sure, sign, I'll sign up for a graphic design because I had no idea like what it was. So it's not until like halfway through this program that I'm like, what's all this stuff about fonts and like typographic <laughs> layout and like, like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm exaggerating the easier right. than that, but it's kind of like by the time I'm, I'm knee deep into it. I'm like, this is a totally different thing. And I love it. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I, but I, but like if, if, that guy had described accurately what I would be doing. 12 year old me would be like, that is boring as shit. Like <laughs> you make packages and stuff like for grocery store stuff. Like, no, like, you know, like, matter of fact, you'll get to make them two, three, four, five times yeah, probably yeah. over and over again, over uh, and over know, until like, you die. Yeah. 12 year old me is like, who cares who makes this beer can, you know, but like adult me is like, this is pretty cool. You know? Um, so yeah, getting to do all that, um, and getting, you know, money for it uh, is great. And uh, and so that was, it was a curve though. So it, it took a while to kind of figure out. Uh, I think, I think not knowing helps. You know, I didn't have, it wasn't, I wasn't that kid who was like, I know I'm going to be an astronaut. So I'm going to do everything I can to make <laughs> that happen. Um, right on. But it was, it was just sort of learning and making these adjustments as you go. And I looked into it, you know. No, I think that's definitely true, man. And it's cool to like kind of have that basis of like, you know, obviously you were like um, someone that loved art growing up and everything. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend that she does like UX, UI now at Xbox. And it's like, I don't think she was like when she was growing up taking doing art classes and stuff. I'm going to work at Xbox one day. Like she had no idea that she even was like a fan of like motion or Mm -hmm. UX or anything like that. Until she got in and was like, she she did graphic design. And so many of these fields have like blown up. Like, yeah, it's like. I was barely an industry yeah. when I was in college. Like, you know, no one's like, oh, I'm just a motion designer, right? Right. Like there's like these these sort of like video drones who worked in these dark rooms and made like, you know, on-screen graphics for the news. You know, that was, that was what being a motion designer was in like <laughs> the, you know, early 2000s, you know. Um, but just the takeoff of all of that stuff and. Even stuff, even like people we'd have as interns and stuff, like the culture and understanding of what design is has really permeated a lot of um, 
you know, younger people, they know, they know what it is. Um, and that's just interesting. It's a totally different environment and it's cool. Yeah, definitely, man. And yeah, it's really resonated with me what you just said, like thinking about like even what I do for my day job is like that really wasn't a job like 10 years ago. So it's like interesting to see like how the landscape changes, you know, and I wasn't necessarily like in the same like job field 10 years ago, but like I know just from like seeing how things were like the the shit was just like completely changing and almost like every day there's some new shit that you're like, oh, I guess I got to like learn how to do that now or like that's something that I need to know about now. And so that's always really interesting to me, man. Um, so, you know, you kind of told me about one that you think is like a, a, a an unsung hero show that you mentioned yeah. earlier. Is there any other show like that that really stuck out to you that was something that's just like your go-to shit that you've seen it before you could just like kind of throw it on and like not really pay attention or anything <laughs> like that? Sure. Uh, well, like I said, it probably didn't do like a lot of show stuff. Um, or movies, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, e- even stuff that was show stuff, like, you know, just to hit Toonami stuff like Dragon Ball Z, that was very tune-outable for me because nothing ever <laughs> happened, right? Oh, they're powering up still? Yeah, okay. I liked the characters a lot. Like, I, 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 it wasn't like, I hate this show, but it was kind of just like, you know, that was easy to do something else on. Um, anything kind of more current um, that's like a go-to stable, like, total popcorn-y... Um, kind of thing that is that's a tough question i haven't been um i would say like ghost like standalone complex is a real like just i could jump into that show anywhere i'm into it i've seen it enough so i don't really need to like you know i gotta get my head in this space like it's so much more accessible than like the movie itself, like the like the first movie i actually never even got around to seeing the second movie yeah i didn't either yeah because like I just felt like I didn't need to, like I didn't need to see the continuation of that story. Um, if it does, I don't remember if it's like a prequel. I haven't or, seen yeah, it, so I couldn't tell you. Know, you. It's got like a basset hound on the cover. I was glad we got to yeah. see that first one though. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool to be able to sh- like show that up here. Yeah, by yeah, far and away. And like I would throw a rise in there, the sort of newer, like younger Kusanagi version. It's kind of the reboot. Um, like that whole universe is really easy for me to jump into and just like, this is, this fits. Yeah. Know? Just like hang out and watch yep. this, like exactly. in the background yep. or whatever. That's Absolutely. cool, man. I know we, we'd kind of touched on liquid television cause it was something that wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't really something that I like actively remembered, but yep. I remembered watching like Aeon Flux and stuff like that. Yep. And so, um, that one, it was a funny thing to think about that show because, uh, I meant to mention this the last time you're on, but, I actually used to mix those two shows up. I used to mix up oh, Aeon like Flux Ghost and, and yeah. Ghost well, in the I can see. Yeah, I mean, you got these like kind of stoic female leads, and like, yeah, I can totally see it. Yeah, I used to like mix up the names for sure because like you definitely wouldn't mix up the style because like the style yeah, is crazy different. different. Yep. I still like can't even think of a show that looks like Aeon Flux to this day. Yeah, no, it's pretty unique. Yeah. And so I'm like, ooh, this is real different. We kind still got to put that episode together. Yeah, no, in a certain way, you know, it's a lot of like, there's this fly on this eyeball. Gross-ups. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, we still got to put together that episode to talk about that because that'd be really fun. I need to get back and watch like, because I think they have like some shorts that you could watch of that too. And then mm-hmm. it was like um, a little bit of a long form, more of a long form, um, like episodic like series that yeah. you can watch. Um, but yeah, man, I definitely get you like, 
it's one of those things of like in, in the entry point was definitely stuff like Dragon Ball Z and like um, just from like talking to Mike Anderson. I know he's come up a couple times, mm-hmm. but he's just like so like in our space, sure. like when like that's our dude that he like uh you know kind of tabs Dragon Ball Z of like being why he got into illustration. He's just like yeah. drawing those characters. Absolutely, I think that's definitely like an entry point for a lot of people is that they you know you just kind of like whatever you're consuming, whatever you see, you're like Mm -hmm. recreating that. And that's really cool to see, um, you know, it, something that you love fostering a love for like art or uh, illustration in, in like a different generation. I wondered like, I hadn't really prepared for this, but I just wondered um, as far as like from a design, like a designer standpoint or someone that's maybe wanting to get into design do you have like anything, like any tips or anything like that for someone starting out that's like really wanting to pursue that as like a path, like as like a, you know, something that maybe they could do, like they have a passion for it, but they just don't really know how to kind of turn that into like what they do? Sure. Um, you talking about graphic design specifically? Or illustration. Yeah. Like you guys kind of have like an interest. We do, we do. I, uh... I, we, we've done illustrations. I would by far and away never call myself an illustrator. Right, <laughs> right on. Like, cause we, like you, like, how can you call yourself an illustrator when right. you know someone like Mike? <laughs> right. You know, like, they're like someone who could just like on a spot, you know, in a commercial situation, just put something out there that is next level. Right. Like, because those are the people that are, that's kind of what you have to be able to do to kind of work at that level. Um, not that fast. Um, so it's it's definitely something I like doing, and I like being able to bring parts of illustration in to um, the design work that we do. Um, but I really hesitate to, like, put the illustrator <laughs> hat on, right? No, no, I get you. Um, just in a, in a commercial sense, right? Like, in, in an actual, like, working commercial sense. Um, as far as design goes, you know, if you're if you're in school or even if, you know, it's kind of crazy what you can just kind of glean from like YouTube videos and kind of teach yourself. Right. Like, especially with creative cloud being like fairly reasonably priced for someone. It's like, Oh, like, as you know, in my day, like we get student versions of the software. Right. So that, that was cool. That was cool to get a break on that stuff, but you still had to buy like either the, the suite or like each kind of program individually Versus being able to just like, well, I'm just going to subscribe to this thing for, I don't remember what the student rate is right now. I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, Like that's a lot of power like at your fingertips, especially if you're doing like the whole suite. Um, Because that makes you, that opens the door to things that are much more viable things and much more things that you kind of have to put all on your plate. And that's kind of the slow point I'm trying to get to. It's like as a designer, it was really easy to go to school. Um, and the school I went to is University of Central Oklahoma. And a lot of the professors there are really good teachers. Um, but they're all like print designers, right? They did magazines, these kind of layouts, and they kind of taught it that way. Um, and a lot of the core creative concepts are all the same. And so that that's kind of translatable. But so much more stuff is, you know, screens. It's the internet. It moves. Um, so just being able to kind of, you don't have to, you know, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say that everybody should be this like all encompassing, like Jack of all trades. Like I think for a designer, like be a good designer first, you know, you can be an okay photographer second, but like know some of these things, like know how, you know, to take a good photo in a pinch, know how to throw together a real basic 
kind of website, know how to, um, uh, you know, do some motion graphics. Like, you don't have to do the whole thing, but, like, all of these things that you can put in your tool belt, like, makes you, like, more hireable. <laughs> well, yeah, like, if yeah. you could do, if you're a utility person, like, yeah, you can, um, you know, in a pinch do these things, but if you can get good at it and good enough at it, sure. you could also kind of find your lane of, like, yeah. oh, well, I'm, like, a, this hybrid guy that yep. I could do these two things or whatever. Um, but I'll definitely say that I think regardless of when you go to school, you know, if it's 10 years ago like me or if you're school now, I, I don't think they're going to teach you all of it. Right. So like, that's the other part of it is like, you're going to have to kind of just figure this stuff out on your own, but it's kind of crazy the amount of tools that are out there to do that. Um, so just kind of never stop digging in and kind of getting into these peripheral things to design like motion graphics, like photography, because they all work together. Um, so the more that you can kind of broaden your horizons, then the more you're just going to be a powerhouse in what you do. Right on, man. I think uh, I think you and Brett are kind of like in the same boat of like not giving you guys yourselves enough credit sometimes. Because yeah, I think it's definitely. I mean, you know, got to give a shout out to the uh, the series you did for the uh, for the Ready Player March here at Tower Theater. Yeah. And, that's an award-winning campaign <laughs> on is, the national that level. That is a national Annie award-winning campaign. So yeah. that's pretty awesome, man. Um, and so, it, yes. but I definitely see what you're saying. Like, you hesitate to say it because it's not like the all-encompassing thing that you spend all of your time doing. That sure. you think like exactly. this is my identity. I mean, I went to school with Mike, and I saw right. how much time and work he put in to be as good as he he is, and you know. Just seeing that, like that's yeah. that's why I'm like, no, that's no, so boring. I it's such a I can't I can't say that I'm, <laughs> I'm an illustrator, you know. Yeah. Um, I you know I'm over here scratching in the dirt with some <laughs> crayons and stuff. Uh, but no, but they, yeah, you're right. No, like I, I I'm not trying to undersell it for dramatic purposes. Um, I've, I'm really proud of those illustrations that we did for, for yeah, both series it, for the tower um, and some some of the stuff we're doing for the store. Um, is really fun. Yeah. You guys are doing awesome stuff for sure, man. And it's just like fun to see like people that like the same shit that you do. And then mm-hmm. like just doing fun projects. You're yeah. like, this is tight. Um, I also like, it's just funny. Like I've had enough designers on here, like illustrators that it's such a boring answer. Every time I ask them like how they got <laughs> so good, they're just like, I just draw every day. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, come on, dude. I don't know how to draw though. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just like with anything, it's just like, it's not a sexy answer, but it's just like, yeah, got to be in the shit every day, man. You can't expect to get any good at anything or better at it if you're not like working at it actively. So yeah, but I yeah, can man. tell you, I did not draw every day. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I, I was always a mediocre, um, drawist. Uh, my, uh, we had to see, like, I, I, the period that I went to school, there was like a, there's kind of a crossover thing that happened of, like a couple years after I'd started the design program to where we had to take a bunch of art classes, like actual traditional art classes. Um, like you could choose if you're going to work with clay or, you know, that kind of thing. Jeez. But you had to take like some life drawing, which I didn't mind. Um, you know, it just felt like the art classes I took in high school and everything, you know, I just got to draw these naked people. Uh, but I remember one of my life drawing teachers, you know, looking at my, you know, big giant 18 by 24, like sketch pack thing we're drawing, you know, drawing this like naked woman, charcoal or whatever. And she was just like, do you like women? Because like what you're doing in this drawing, like, 
like, you know, women are soft and you've got all oh, these like man. angular lines. Hard lines. Yeah, you know, and it's just <laughs> like, you can, if you just say, if you're just saying my drawing sucks, like you can, you know, we can just, we can just say that. Like, you know, we don't have That's to go there. But, um, yeah, you don't have to attack me at a fundamental <laughs> level here to try to round about yeah. criticism you're giving me here. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I probably should have worked a lot harder. I drew a lot as a kid, but I didn't, uh, it kind of fell off. I've got, I've lost a lot of hand skills because I didn't keep up with it. I mean, that's the way she goes, man. Um, but I, as far as like uh, for for other people, right? So there's the people that you know the recommendation is draw it every day. But I really liked the uh, like the sort of the the, the puzzle solving, you know, problematic nut cracking that's involved with some sort of design project. That's that why is cool. I like, kind of stuck with it. So if you like. Sudoku and stuff. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you've got like a, a future there. Well, I feel like sometimes I, uh, you know, like even in my day job, it's like our graphic designer. I'm like, I'm doing some of the trafficking to her, uh-huh. and I'm like trying to give her directions sure. and stuff. I'm like, I literally have no direction, yeah. but I know I need this, and here's the due date. And then she just like bangs out something, and I'm like, "How did you even come up with that?" Yeah, on like, the smallest amount of direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I gave you literally like no shit to work off of, and like, yeah. But it's just, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, especially like creatives, you know, like their minds just work so different. Like mm-hmm. seeing, being able to see stuff that you know isn't there, or being able to create in that way is yeah. definitely like it's a skill. Like I, that's one of those things. Is like I've one of the things I struggle with is like, I tell people that I'm like, I know when I like something, when I look at it, sure. I'm like, that looks great. Yeah. But like getting there, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I, tell you how to do I that. I approach so much, so much of it. Like, and I don't really, this isn't like a weird, like I'm different than other people <laughs> in my field kind of thing. Like I don't, there are, there are exactly that. There are people that I would consider to be, you know, creative and I work in a creative industry, right? Um, but I feel like there's so much more kind of logic stuff that happens. And that's kind of where I always start. It's always like a, uh, um, does this, does, will, X, will, will A work, B, B work, or will C work, right? And if A and B don't, then it has to be C, right? That kind of thing. And so then it's like- Yeah, literally logic. Yeah, right? So it's- and then it's like, well, this has to be it because it's the only way to do it, right? right. And then, of course, if they <laughs> say no, then I'm like, what the, What are you talking about? You know, like, um, but it's less about like, you know, and it's funny because like Brett and I are, are kind of different in that way, but we work well together. Um, well, I mean, I think that's cool, especially if you work like that in a pair. It's like you guys kind of complement. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy's strong yeah. in this area, the other guy's he's, in he's the other such, area. Like he's got such patience for me. Like I can't, I can't you know. <laughs> Because I, because I know, you know, I'll be looking over at his screen and I'll be like, "Well, you know, uh, those things don't really work like that." You know, like whatever he's drawing, he's like, "Shut up! This looks cooler than what it would actually." You know, I'm like, "Well, okay, I guess you're right." You know, that's funny. Well, it's just like, yeah, you definitely uh, having the different eyes is yeah. just one of those things of like, dude, can I finish this thing? It's not done yet. Yeah, can you give me a second? Uh, that's funny, man. Well, we're going to take a break real quick, guys, but Adam was cool enough to, um, you know, we kind of talked about Beach Language earlier. They just dropped their new album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we dropped it on uh, June 18th. June 18th. Yeah. yeah. And we and got a vinyl coming out. We're a, a show for on July 19th. July 19th at the Speakeasy. Y'all be sure to come out. Um, I know the Nims are going to be there. And who else? Uh, JMK. JMK will be there, but 
Adam was cool enough to hook us up with the track. Um, Otsu, how do you say it again? Yeah, I think that, yeah. Otsu, every time I'm like, am I saying that right? Otsu. Otsu. And so, yeah, we're going to check it out real quick, take a break, and then we'll be back in a second. Oh, 
Okay, man. That I was telling you earlier that I've been listening to that song like nonstop. <laughs> Just hit it on repeat. I do, man. Yeah. And I had to get a listen to it on YouTube because I don't have Spotify Premium uh-huh. because I'm uncultured swine. <laughs> People are literally shocked when they're like, "Wow, you don't have like Spotify, bro." I was a fairly late adopter too. Yeah, yeah. But nah, man. I'm 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 not as bad as Brian now. Like I don't have everything on CDs, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I respect, but, uh, I respect. You know, he 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 puts a lot of money in uh, artist hands. <laughs> so I, I, you know what? It's the way to go, That's, baby. Yeah, exactly. Baby. I respect it. But yeah, man, um, I definitely have been a fan of you guys, like just from, you know, um, it, like we mentioned earlier, Avery was kind of like the way that I got in touch sure. with you and like even knew that you guys were like a band and uh-huh. everything. And I was like, dang. Um, but I was kind of wanting to get like, just like a, you know, talk to you about like first getting into music, like creating yep. your own music. Um, was that something that started in high school or was it later than that? Like how, how did you kind of come about like doing your own music like that? Sure. Uh, yeah. My own music was definitely later. It was probably college. I've always kind of been around music. My dad's a musician. Um, and my uncles were like my, 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 um, my dad and my mom met because my dad, um, was in a band with my mom's brothers, right? So, like, you know, it was a very, like, you know, 70s, you know, we're going to play some Skinner covers. We're going to, you know, like, like seriously, like, they, <laughs> right they'd on, kick baby. around, you know, New Mexico and Texas and Oklahoma, and they were a bar band, and they had to play for, like, four hours a night. And, like, tight. you know, it was, like, a, you know, five, six, seven-piece band, like, you know, and they would get up there, and they would just shred for hours. And, you know... My uncle, uh, who was like kind of, you know, one of the, my, my two uncles, right. Or kind of the, you know, the fronters of the group and like, they, they put in the work, man. Like they, then they, um, you know, one of them has passed away, but, uh, you know, the other, he, uh, you know, still, still loves break out a, you know, a guitar or bass and, and, and still put it down. Um, and my dad too, uh, my dad was, is, a you know, plays a lot of keys, plays guitar too. But like, you know, in that band, he was the, you know, the keyboard player. And, um, and so, yeah. So I, like, as a kid, you know, he would show me, you know, here's how to, you know, one of the first songs I, he kind of taught me how to play. It was like, here's how to play like Louie Louie, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. okay, you know, here's like three nice. chords. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, like it stuck and I, you know, he always had like a little keyboard set up and I would always, you know, I just loved it. I loved, you know, you can press these things and they make noise. And, um, when I was about 16, um, started learning how to play the guitar. Um, so before then it was, it was just that it was always sort of like, there's always a keyboard around. I'll just noodle around and that's kind of it. And I was probably about 16 when I was like, okay, what if I like actually tried to learn how to play an instrument, you know? Um, so that's probably, you know, a lot of radio heads, like a lot of, you know, that was definitely like my high school band, um, so it's like, how could, if I could just learn every single Radiohead song, like, you know. <laughs> it's not a bad basis there. Right, right, I mean. you know, I failed. <laughs> I failed at learning a lot of those, you know. That's funny. You got to remember, a lot of these are like easier, like Ben's era rock songs <laughs> before they went all like, you know, crazy jazz odyssey. Oh, uh, right, you know? that's true. Uh, but still, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, but uh, yeah, so probably college, you know, it's when I really started saying like, okay, you know, I got I kicked around with this old like Tascam tape four track thing and I would just, you know, 
write little songs and, you know, all, all of them real crappy, you know, but like, you know, <laughs> and I still got those tapes kicking around somewhere. And, uh, I just love, even if, even if I knew like I'm the only person that's ever going to like listen to this thing, just being able to put two or three parts together and it becomes like a whole was like really cool. It's still really cool to me to be able to do that. Um, and have it, you know, feel like something, um, uh, yeah, I was probably, um, you know, early twenties to mid twenties is when, you know, I kind of kicked around in some different people's bedroom bands and stuff and kind of never really went anywhere. And, um, you know, kind of learning, you know, some of this rudimentary like home recording software that's out there, like GarageBand and, uh, you know, and just, and, and kind of getting a love for all sides of it at that point, you know, at that, at that point, you know, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, this is the pinnacle of like anyone can record their, you know, not really understanding like how much is involved in production and, and getting something to actually sound good right, you know, in the yeah. first place. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the whole little, the backstory of, uh, you know, me sort of discovering music, right? And really it's just because it was kind of always there from a, from a family standpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, you know, you're kind of set up to have like, if, especially especially if you're like in a very like musically inclined family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and my where it's too. encouraged. My mom, my mom played a lot of, uh, she played uh, flute all through high school, uh, even in like the, you know, 70s, you know, like, you know, that, you know, my, my mom and my dad were dating at the time. It's like, let's get up here and do this Jethro Tull song. And like, you know, yeah, like, you know, exactly. Like, but you, like, that was, that was Megan at the time, right? Like, that was, that's what you do. So like. <laughs> now, uh, Beach Language did kind of start out as like, am I right? It was like you, like your songs, like kind of you as like the core piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and probably about 2013 into 2014 um i uh it was entirely like a sort of bedroom music project right like i had this whole kind of office set up with you know a whole bunch like you know two or three little keyboards in there and you know guitar and bass and and uh i ended up putting together this this five track like ep by myself and then um uh and that, that had just kind of come over time of like, you know, learning, you know, I actually listened to it not that long ago. And I was like, you know, what? this this isn't the worst thing that's ever, that anyone's ever put out, you know, <laughs> um, still, I'm still pretty happy with it. Um, there's probably a lot still of things, slaps, yeah. probably some things I would do differently <laughs> as far as just learning, you know, different things about these, putting these songs together. And, you know, the more songs you write, the more you look back and you think, oh man, I could, you know could have done this different right, or I would have yeah. harmonized with this part, you know, but that's kind of, that's kind of the other part of like, you know, writing songs is you just got to let go of them at some point or they'll never be done. Oh yeah. Um, be forever tinkering. with Exactly. Them. Yeah. So yeah. So it was, it was that summer, a friend of mine was going out of town. I'd put together this kind of like bedroom EP. I put it up on Bandcamp and thought I, I accomplished this, right. I think I made like a Facebook post about it. It's like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, just happy to throw this out in the world. Right, check this like, thing out. I did it. Exactly. Like, and that was going to be the end of it, right? And then like, um, but like Oklahoma Rock Show like picked it up 
because I guess they're just, they've got some like, I don't, I don't know if they're just doing like Google alerts or something. And they're just like anybody who tags Music, like, OKC. yeah, anybody who tags like, okay, see on Bandcamp, it's going to show up in our feed. Like, cause like I didn't, I didn't submit it to anything. And, um, you know, the, the EP is called Ludwig, the title track's called Ludwig. Um, and they put it, they like, they threw it up like on the show, like, you know, within like a week or two and like, know oxford karma is 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 now gone but like you know a few months later they did like a little you know did a little interview with them and so it was just kind of like this is this is maybe there are some legs here you know um and so a friend of mine was going out of town and i met um this really cute couple uh josh and danny are their names and uh I was talking to Danny and I was like, you know, Josh had walked away for a minute and I, I was like, well, you know, you guys seem really cool. You know, I bet neither of you like play any instruments, do you? And she was like, oh, well, you know, my boyfriend Josh like is a drummer. And I was like, really? I got this little thing. I, put, I yeah, need you know, a drummer. Yeah. And like, you know, and so she like really kind really of like pushed him into, <laughs> you know, because like I didn't, I, you know, I'd been in a band with some people and like, you know, as bands do, like they break up and like, you know, I still love a lot of those people and still touch, but just like life happens. Right. Right. And so like none of them are really available to do another project. So I'm, I'm, then I find myself like kind of at a loss, right. Of like, man, I don't even know who to ask to do this thing, you know, um, lucked into this going away party, ran into Josh and then, you know, Josh is like, sure. You know, like I sent him the thing on Facebook and I was like, you don't even know me. It's not going to hurt my feelings. If you're like, this sucks. I don't want anything to do with it. Like, don't worry about that. Like, but if you're down, like, I'd love to get something together. And by the way, do you know anybody who plays keyboards? <laughs> right? Like, and he was like, well, actually I do. I went to college with this guy named Avery. Um, oh shit. Yeah. So like, so that was a solid connection there. I knew Nick who plays bass for us. Um, and he was a solid recommendation from a former bandmate of mine. He was like, hey, you know, I can't do anything right now, but I had pre- I'd been kind of playing music with uh, with Nick and yeah. like you should, you guys should do something together. So the old, I know a guy. Yeah. And so, I can't, but and, and, I know this guy. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I'd met him a few times. Super sweet, super, super nice dude. And I knew uh, he would be a big asset and he still is. And so he, uh, he was he was he was on board first, and I was like, "Let me round up some more people, and I'll go touch base with you." And then, like I said, Josh, you know, looked into to meeting Josh and Danny, and um, you know, and then through Josh Avery, and then you know, it was like November of 2014, like pre Thanksgiving. I was, you know, we go and grab a drink somewhere, and it's like, okay, so uh, you know, you guys want to be in a band, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> and that's how it went, you know. That's so By cool, that February, man. we were playing shows. That is tight. Yep. Oh, it really came together pretty quick. Yeah, then, sounds yeah, like. yeah, yeah. When right he finally after, got the yep, right after pieces. the holidays, yeah. and we had these songs, and let's go. That's awesome, man. Um, so you kind of talked about like the EP, putting that together, kind of like just straight up DIY style. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you talk about the process and how it kind of changed whenever it kind of moved to that full band tracking sure. and everything? Like, what differences did you see? What did you kind of like? or what did you dislike or what was different that you saw like as far as like tracking? Yeah. Um, writing and tracking at the same time and knowing that you're going to be tracking that this is the thing, right? You're not just making a demo. It's like, this is the release. Um, if you can get it there. Um, I would say that's, 
I like, uh, there's still part of that process that I do like, and it's, it's, you know, there's a speed to it that I appreciate the, the risk is there's like no checks and balances. Right. So if you're like, like I said, like looking back at the CP and like stuff that we've learned as a band performing those songs, it's like, man, this actually is better. Like the way we do this as a band than was my original sort of idea. Um, so there's not, not having that extra resource to lean, to, like, to lean on and reach out to is a, uh, is a, is a big difference. Um, but, the, but I will say, you know, doing it by yourself, there's a speed element there and there's sort of a, a freedom. Um, the flip of that is like, you know, if you are waiting on a part or if you come up with the part and you're like, wow, it's really cool that I came up with this part. And then, and you kind of have to second guess, well, is that the coolest part that could be right there? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But I guess so, because no one's going to tell me. But you don't have someone you know, to bounce exactly, it off of. Exactly, yeah. And so, um, like I said, that's cool. That's scary. Um, but yeah, so I would say a big part of like, you know, I'm, I'm putting together this EP in 2014 and, uh, you know, 2013 into 14. And it's like, I don't have to worry about how to play these songs. Like, this isn't really like a band scenario right this is just a recorded music sort of project um so going forward i'm much more conscious of like when i'm writing a song okay you know yeah maybe we punch it up and have a little bit fun when we actually record it but at its core it still needs to be able to be pulled off by a four piece and uh so that's that's both a a limitation but i don't really consider that to be like a negative but it is, it's a big consideration that's a bit more different, right? Because um, I remember, you know, putting these, these you know, per project bedroom songs into band format. It was, it was very, there was, there was almost a constant conversation of like, well, there's like three keyboards going on at this time. So like, <laughs> good luck know, playing that Avery. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have to find a way to kind of condense this down into one, you know, right. reasonably playable scenario. Damn, that's tough. That is tough for sure. But yeah, I could definitely see how that kind of comes into play of like, you know, I mean, it's just a change in mindset. It sounds sure. like that yeah, you're, you're like, oh shit, it is. Yeah. I need to have the individual parts for the thing. It's not just like a, a moment in time now where it's just like, here's the whole track all finished and put together. Like we need to be able to recreate, recreate this in a live setting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I could definitely see that kind of changing the mindset and mm -hmm. giving you a whole different like perspective as far as like going in and recording. Yeah. Yeah. And even working man. with a drum, like having Josh there as a drummer and Avery's, Avery's a great drummer too. And just being able to be, you know, like the drums for that first EP are intentionally pretty basic, right? It fits the music, yeah. but I'm also it's not like trying to sound like a real drummer, <laughs> right. right? Because it's not, you know, it's a lot of synth-based music and stuff. And so, it kind of just fits the like, oh, we've got a, you know, a kick on the one and the snare on the two and the three or the two and the four. Um, you know, like that's just, it stylistically it fits, but you know, doing something with like a full band, it's like I could put together like, hey, we got this pretty basic, you know, drum pattern here and, you know, on this part, let's go, you know, onto the, you know, the ands for this hi-hat section or whatever um, and just let, yeah, let you know, him someone else come his, over there. <laughs> put his player on it. Which is, like, which is helpful too, yeah. you know. Well, I definitely see, like, I mean, when you do it the DIY style and then you're, like, just, even if you're not, like, necessarily a drummer by trade, it's, like, I could see that definitely being, like, a utilitarian thing of, like, this just needs to be meat and potatoes. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. There's something about drummers also that their their brains are just different. Sure. So like they can definitely bring up some shit that you're like. It, it's kind of like earlier when I was telling you, I have a hard time of getting somewhere, but when I see it, it's like, oh shit, that's great. Yeah. But I couldn't have got there. So there's probably some of that that goes into play of like, oh shit, I wouldn't even thought of that that way. And so it's sure. just interesting that, I mean, I'm sure it's a whole different dynamic of like, now you have four brains kind of going yeah. into putting a Absolutely. song together versus yep. one. Mm-hmm. Has that taken any adjustment or do you kind of have like the, the final say, I guess you could say, or is it just like a more of like a collaborative thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, I probably have final say. <laughs> <laughs> I see like, just like the jokes about like, um, I remember one of the tracks you talked about when you were doing like the teasers leading up and you're like, uh, we tracked a banjo solo oh, yeah, just to yeah, make yeah. Avery happy. <laughs> so shit like yeah. that made me laugh. I was not just true, like, fucking Avery. But, yeah, uh, no, it was just funny, like, we thinking did, about Avery. We, like, legitimate, <laughs> like, you know, Avery tracking something that we didn't end up using is he he tried to put some sort of whistling part in a song. So it was pretty funny because we were like, I was like, all right, get in the vocal booth, like, whistle this part, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, let's do it. And, uh, you know, he was, I think he'd be the first one to admit, like, it didn't work out. But, uh <laughs> That wasn't anything I had to yank away from him. Right on. It it wasn't the hill he was ready to die on. No, he wanted to try it out. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, dude, um, try it out. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll totally put that in. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think a lot of the final sound of these songs, uh, I think each of of us have a lot of input. I mean, I'm usually the one who kind of comes... Uh, with the like here's the you know the little demo i put together and um and the, but you know they're all three really good musicians so they're going to put their their spin on those things um or be like i kind of get what's happening here but it would be a little better if we did the transition this way or something and um almost always yeah i, I think it works out for the better yeah, just kind of that thing of like fleshing out an idea of like you kind of have like where you want it to go, and then yeah. maybe they come with a different way to get there than you would have thought of. Sure, and the more like I that. demo stuff, the, the less detail work like that I put into it. I try to just get the broad strokes of the song down more than anything else, right? And on. then uh, because I know I don't have to think through all those parts, right? Which is kind of nice, too, yeah. Where the collaborative yep. part comes in. Well, I, I was I did do one thing whenever I was listening through the album, and I I kind of text you about it, and it was something I didn't think about as being maybe like that's something annoying for people. So I guess I'll ask you now. But okay. it was like uh, it, it makes sense for what I was going to talk to you about next. But um, I have like this thing of like whenever I hear like a new album or song or something, uh-huh. I instantly think of like something it reminds me of. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know no, if that annoys you because I was like, oh, it no, sounds no. like the, no, I actually there's like struggle. just one part. I struggle for those <laughs> because often are like, oh, cool, you're in a band. Like, what do you guys sound like? And I'm like, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, I know what I was thinking of when I like wrote this song, but, but you like, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it was just like, and it's such obscure stuff sometimes too. I was just like, this one section sounds like this one Kings of Leon part I know. Uh-huh. And so it was just like one of those things of like, um, I don't know. I kind of put it in the context of the things that stick out to me that I enjoy. Sure. And so I wondered, you know, if there was stuff that, um, you know, what was kind of heavy, like in your rotation as far as like bands you maybe were listening to or were inspired by whenever you were like kind of putting these songs together, like the album as a whole, like, was there something that was like, you know, 
not necessarily in mind that you're like, I want to sound like this, sure. but like no, no, no. shit no, that no, you were influenced you. by, um, like what were you listening to at the time? Sure. So like there's two little, um, pretty short songs on there. It's like a 10 track, you know, it's got, it seems like an eight track record for these two, like minute and a half, you know, right. songs on there. But I liked those. They're sort of interstitial pieces. Um, there's a band, uh, Starfucker, that came through here. Right. Long yeah, ago, yeah. Star Effer or whatever you're supposed to say it on the radio, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, they did this, you know, they've got their major album releases, but then they did these things called the vault one, two, and three. And it's all that. It's all like these minute and a half little doodles. Like it's literally like the scraps that have been kicking around, like that's in there, like in progress folder. And I like, I really liked the idea that this, there's a whole release kind of based around this idea of, yeah, man, this is this is like the open vault of our brains right now, and so that's pretty cool, man. I what like a cool concept and kind of including those in there, and you know, even though like they're intentionally just these little kind of micro songs, you know, uh, there was something very kind of um, McCartney esque about that of just like you kind of have this doodle and kind of put it put it out there. Um, and that's it. Like, it's okay for this to just be whatever. This is the extent of this idea. Yeah. Right? Whether it was it's just like, like something you never what came to fruition or something yeah. you've just always kicked around. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. like peeking in someone's sketchbook kind of thing. And, and so I, I like those kind of, some of those came together at the end. And so I kind of was like, you know what? Like, this is, this is all it needs to be, right? This is kind of the, the brass tacks of this musical right. idea. So rather than, put two and a half other minutes around it. Like, this is it, you know? <laughs> very like, uh, very like Jay Dilla, you know? He's like, do, uh, he would do like these little excerpts yeah. called beats, beat sketches. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, I think, you know, at the time it was kind of like, dude, these aren't done. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but it was like, he was like, well, it's like my whole idea is there. So like it's done. Like, yeah, that's all that I wanted to do. So it, right. that's the complete track. Sure. Yeah, so a little bit of that. So, you know, that was kicking around. Um, there was some stuff, like, some stuff that kind of came around with the, uh, that I actually pulled off of, like, the GTA Five soundtrack. What? Yeah, yeah. There's this dude, uh, <laughs> um, Dan Kroll is his name. Like, super killer, um, kind of a pop songwriter. And, uh, you know, some of his stuff, it's kind of just, you know, acoustic guitar kind of stuff that, it, you know, it's good songwriting. Um, but he has a song called From Nowhere that, you know, tons of views and stuff's great video. Um, but I was like, this is just a solidly put together, you know, song. Like, and uh, doesn't feel like he's trying to do anything too hard or, you know, to me, like it just, it's just a good song, you know? So that was kind of a, uh, you know, bar that I was kind of putting together. Um, uh, when Butler's brother, um, who I'm blanking on his name, uh, they're in, they're both in Arcade Fire, um, put out a record around you know the time that was where a lot of the songwriting was done. Um, his song called Anna, right? Which none of none, nothing that we put on this record really sounds like that, but it's just like stuff that was like floating around my something car, that was know? like. Yeah, so in like, your head. Exactly. So you know. maybe had some sort of impact on somewhere, yeah. How something uh, came out. Know, it'd be a lot cooler if we had saxophones in there like that song <laughs> does. But uh you know, it wasn't in the uh I don't know, I've never written horns. So 
Dude, that would be tight. Next next record. Yeah. Yeah, 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 next record. Yeah, we go on the, like the jazz out. Phil Harmonic teams yep. up with Beach Language. Exactly. That would be yep. fucking tight, actually. I said that as a joke, but now I've said that it's out in the ether. So now okay. it's going to happen. Yeah, now it's got to get in there. Yep. <laughs> now nah, that would be cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come out, man, and kind of just, you know, talk me through like the new record and everything, your influences and yep. stuff like that, man. Uh, I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but why don't you tell people where they can um, catch the show? Um, you guys have, have coming up at the speakeasy yep. where they could follow you on social, like all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can follow us at, uh, at beach language on, uh, pretty much everything. I don't think we got to throw like an OKC or a band or anything on there. So you know, Facebook slash beach language, uh, Instagram at beach language, uh, Twitter, all the same. Um, yeah. Shows coming up on July 19th, Friday playing with the NIMS and JMK. Uh, it's our vinyl release show. We've got this out on a 180 gram, like nice heavyweight vinyl. Um, we're custom screen printing the covers. Um, so it, it's going to be dope. You guys uh, should come out. Like I said, like, uh, like Harold said, it's 51st Street Speakeasy. Um, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Copy one of those vinyls. I'm not going to be able to be there. I'll be there in spirit. I'll hold one for you. I'm, spin- I'm sending a 20 spot with my boy Adam so he can hold me one. <laughs> But yeah, guys, uh, as always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You, look, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again, Adam. Yeah, thank you, Harold. <laughs>